So can you address the, the question of why are calves taken away from mother cows? After the calf is born, we'll let mom clean off the baby for half an hour, 45 minutes. So mom's cleaning up that calf, and then we do separate mom from baby. Several reasons we're doing that, mostly to ensure best... You can't survive without it. It plays a part in almost everything we bring into our homes. It's agriculture. I'm Amy Flugsopt. In my 15-year career as a broadcast journalist, I've traveled the country, won awards, and have told the stories of everyone from presidential candidates to the neighbor next door. Now, I'm getting back to my farm girl roots to connect you back to where your food, fuel, fabric, and all of those items in between originated, the farm. Inside the Bullseye is a one-of-a-kind conversation that's designed especially for you, the consumer. Broadcasting from my home studio in Madison, Wisconsin, I'm Amy Flucksopt. Trust me, this isn't your grandfather's way of farming. Why are dairy calves taken away from their mothers? Cow Fitbits, that's a thing? <laughs> and have your kids ever asked you some off-the-wall question like, Mom, how long is a cow's tongue? You may laugh at that one, but trust me, it's not the first or the last crazy question your kid will ask. Curiosity is part of being human, no matter the age. And questions surrounding the foods we bring into our homes every day are the ones we really want answers to. Today, we're answering those and a few more, thanks to the help of Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center. Joining the conversation today is Abigail Martin. She has a passion for all things Wisconsin. Good cheese, the Wisconsin Badgers, and her Wisconsin farm family. She represents the fourth generation to grow up on her family's registered Holstein farm just outside of Milton, Wisconsin. It was there that she found a love for dairy cattle and a sense of pride for the state's agricultural industry. Her interests led her to pursue a degree in dairy science at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she graduated in 2018. One year later, Martin was selected as Wisconsin's 72nd Allison Dairyland. Through this role, she had the opportunity to share the story of the state's farms and processors with millions of consumers across Wisconsin and beyond. Today, she works as the program manager at the Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center, supporting their educational mission by bringing new creative programs and activities to the Farm Wisconsin experience. Abigail, wow, that is quite the resume you have there. Thanks so much for joining Inside the Bullseye. We cannot wait to dive into some of these crazy farm questions. Yeah, like like you mentioned, I grew up in agriculture. I studied agriculture. And now for several years in my career, I've been working in agriculture. And that's really my passion. And so I'm glad we get to spend some time today together talking all about agriculture. Well, we are here to talk about Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center, which is a really, I would call it a gem here in Wisconsin. We are yeah. so lucky to have something like this. And it's a 10,000 square foot area of just fun, interactive exhibits. So why don't you set this up for us? Give us a little virtual tour here. Give us an idea of what it's all about. 
Yeah, so Farm Wisconsin, like you mentioned, it is kind of a gem, and we are located just south of Manitowoc, Wisconsin. We're right off of I-43, so oftentimes people that are driving from Milwaukee to Green Bay up that stretch of the interstate, they've maybe seen us being built and then now have seen us. We're a big red barn, really hard <laughs> to miss as you're uh, driving down the road, and um, so that's where we are, and our goal is all about sharing the story of Wisconsin's farmers and processors and really looking at that journey, how your food travels from field to fork. We do that through several different ways here at Farm Wisconsin and that's kind of what drew me here to the Discovery Center and we see people coming from all over, not just Wisconsin, that's kind of the best part about looking out in our parking lot, we see different license plates and where people are coming from to learn about how their food is grown and raised. So yeah, just to put this into perspective, like you're not too far from Door County. A lot of people like to vacation up there. It's a beautiful spot in Wisconsin. So, you know, if you're heading up for a family vacation or whatever, maybe swing by and, and check out the, the Discovery Center. You've got it. We, we see a lot of traffic, whether they're on their way to that Door County vacation <laughs> or on their way home. We're, we're right on that pathway that you're probably traveling. So uh, be sure to stop and check us out. You know, I say don't do just a drive-by <laughs> uh, when you're seeing that big red barn. Come on in and check us out. We, we're great for the whole family. We have something from, you know, the little tiny tots in your family all the way up to mom, dad, and grandparents. We're... We're really great for ages 2 to 102. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, honestly, this idea of the farm to fork movement, you know, it's, it's so important for whatever generation you seem to fall in because we all need to eat. We all need to put clothes on our body and we all need to have fuel to get around and drive our vehicles. You've got it. We talk about all of those different commodities here in Wisconsin, whether we're talking food, fuel, fiber, those fabrics. We are trying to talk about all of that and focusing on products that are grown here in Wisconsin. And I think that might surprise people about Wisconsin and how diverse our agriculture industry is. That's something that is really a strength for our state. Of course, we're proud to be cheeseheads here in Wisconsin. Yes. You see them up in Lambeau Field every Sunday, but we really are a diverse agriculture state and that's what gives us strength. And that's what we're highlighting here at Farm Wisconsin. Well, yeah, you highlighted one of the big commodities that a lot of people associate with Wisconsin cheese and obviously right. milk that goes along with it. But what are some of those other commodities, those other items that are produced here in Wisconsin that might surprise people? One of my favorites to highlight is cranberries. So mm -hmm. we often think of them around Thanksgiving as we're getting ready for that Thanksgiving dinner meal. But we grow over half of our nation's cranberries right here in the state of Wisconsin. So we're really proud of that. Our little red super fruit kind of grown <laughs> in the middle of the state. Yeah, we had a great episode with Amber Bristow um, earlier in season one, breaking down how cranberries are grown. I mean, there's so many surprising facts that I even learned, and I've lived in the state here a really long time, and, and I thought I had a handle on, on cranberries, but uh, I, I learned a few things from her along the way. Yeah, there, there's always something to learn, and that's what I like to share, too. You know, sometimes people in the agriculture industry have shared, you know, oh, I don't need to come to Farm Wisconsin. I grew up in agriculture and yeah. I share, well, so did I. And I feel like I learn something different all the time by talking to different farmers, different commodity 
groups and organizations because we are so diverse. I grew up on a dairy farm and that's kind of my little niche of the world that I knew until I started expanding into cranberries and potatoes. We grow a lot of potatoes here in Wisconsin and uh, ginseng. That's a fun one uh, that a lot of people don't know about. We grow, you know, over 90% of the country's ginseng right here in Wisconsin. Yeah, I spent uh, much of my uh, broadcasting career working up in the Wausau area. I had no Uh. idea about ginseng (laughs) until I moved up there. (laughs) And let me tell you, that's amazing. Like, I had no idea. Who would have thought ginseng was grown in north central Wisconsin? Right. And uh, there's a lot of people that maybe have driven by a field of ginseng and didn't realize. So as you're up in that Wasa area and you're driving around and you might see um, some wooden poles with black shade tarps, mm-hmm. most likely under there is ginseng. That's is what is growing under there. Probably they're very, it's a crop that's very sensitive to the sun. So that's why you'll see those black shade cloths. So if you're in the Wasa area driving around and you see some black shade cloths, now you can, uh, little trivia fact for those people <laughs> in the car that that's probably ginseng growing there in that field. Well, take take us through what what people can experience at Farm Wisconsin. What are some of those exhibits like? Yeah, we have three unique areas to our Discovery Center experience. The first being we have 10,000 square feet, like you mentioned, of hands-on interactive exhibits. And we really love to stress the hands-on interactive portion of that because we're not just your typical museum with reading and pictures. We like to have a lot of fun here at Farm Wisconsin. So you'll find a chance to drive a combine. And actually, there's two combines, so you can race your neighbor and see who can (laughs) harvest more corn faster. That's one of our most popular exhibits. We also have a kinetic sand table that demonstrates water runoff. And we're looking at, you know, farmers and how they really do care for their animals and the land and those natural resources such as water. So it's a fun way to utilize the kinetic sand and build mountains and rivers, but learn about the importance of the watershed along the way. That's kind of... um, some of my highlights up there and it does a really good job like we've kind of been um, reiterating throughout the program is that it's highlighting that diversity of agriculture when you walk up the stairs you'll start in america's dairyland that's the first part of our exhibits but then you will head on into the diversity we call it everything from alfalfa to zucchini a to z in agriculture in wisconsin we're talking about it upstairs in our exhibit exhibit space Well, I think, honestly, I would spend most of my time in the birthing barn. Being a farm kid, I've witnessed the miracle of birth countless times with a variety of different animals, but (laughs) there's just something so special and so magical about it that it never gets old to me. And I've been to a lot of different exhibits that have a birthing barn similar to yours, and hearing the reaction to to these consumers that have never experienced it it is it is just uh there's no words to describe it that's exactly how i feel too uh the birthing barn is by far my favorite spot here at farm wisconsin and like you said it's a chance to witness the miracle of calf birth the miracle of life and there's nothing quite like seeing that calf take its first breath of air and find those wobbly legs as the calf is trying to stand up so it's a really special unique experience that people have when they come to farm wisconsin 
Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible how quickly those babies jump up and start to stand on those wobbly legs. And that I think there's just a moment that people who haven't experienced that on the farm, those people who are removed from that lifestyle, they're just in awe of just how quickly that happens. Awe is a great word. We talk to talk about awe-inspiring moments in the birthing barn because you get a chance to be really up close and personal to these lovely ladies. Each day that uh, we're here, we have two pregnant cows that come on over and we cross our fingers that it is their day and uh, <laughs> that they will give birth and put on a show for everybody there. And so it's a great chance to, like I said, be up close and personal to that cow. We also do bring over a baby calf each day. So even if there's not one born when you're there, there most likely will be a little one there that you can see a day or two days old. So you really get a spectrum, a chance to see big mama cows, these 15, 1600 pound gentle giants, as yeah. I call them, and then the little ones, these 100-pound balls of energy, these calves that we have. So a great opportunity to connect with dairy cows and connect with people that are knowledgeable about the dairy industry. Our birthing barn is always staffed, so it's a chance to ask those questions that you, mm -hmm. you've been wondering. You're in the supermarket and you saw you know, something that had you made you question something, you're wondering how farmers care for their animals. It's a great chance to connect with cows, but the people also behind the scenes. So since you mentioned questions, I, I'm sure there are a lot that come up and they've probably run the gamut of, of content of what they're searching for. But what are some of those most common questions that do come up and, and how do you answer them? Right. We have, like you said, a lot of different questions that get asked. Um, I'll throw out one of my favorites. One time, a student, we have a lot of field trips that come here to Farm Wisconsin, saw a cow. She was licking the window. Now, this sounds like a like somebody licking the bus window, kind of similar situation. <laughs> we have our cows. They're just curious. So they licked the windows and noticed how long the cow's tongue was and asked, how long is that cow's tongue? which was actually a question that stumped me. That was not in my uh, animal science 101 classes, <laughs> uh, but I did look it up later. They're about a foot long, so they stick out pretty far. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's incredible. I, I guess I never put that into uh, perspective either. Uh, of all the years that I was raised with cattle my entire life, didn't realize it was a foot long. That's quite right. long. <laughs> I just imagine people uh, listening to this episode measuring a foot out from their mouth right now, like hands sticking out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the funnier questions we've been asked. So no, no questions off limits that way. Um, we get, uh, we often get asked too about, um, you see the milk in your grocery store and you see 1% fat and 2% fat and what is that and how, how do I decode that information? And so it's, uh, you know, we're often explaining how that is, comes to be in the grocery store that, you know, all milk, once it goes um, from the bulk tank, from the farm to the processing plant, that actually all of that fat is removed from our milk and then it's added back in by percentage wise. And when we're looking at whole milk, it's not 100% fat. Whole milk is roughly around 3.5% fat. So that's what we're comparing to. We're comparing the uh, percentage of fat in the milk by volume. 
So we see that three and a half ish for whole milk, and that's what we see when we see that one and two percent. It's the percentage of fat by volume. So people have questions about their dairy products in the grocery store and um, how that relates to what they're buying for their family. Well, I have one for you then. Why are there so many options? Yeah, so options are one of the greatest things about our food supply here in in Wisconsin, in America, the choice to choose whether you want to do organic or non-organic or 1%, 2%. Maybe you're choosing chocolate. Maybe you're specific to a brand. We do not want to, you know, sway any opinions or we don't want to share ours. What we're really trying to do here is share the facts so that you can make a decision based on the facts that is right for your family. So we're making sure you are informed that if you have those questions about these different labels you're seeing in the grocery store, that we can help share that information so you can make a decision that's that's right for your family. One thing I would love to point out, and you know, this was sparked a couple of weeks ago in a in a television show that I was watching. And long story short, they they stumbled. They were hungry, and they they were looking for food, and they stumbled across a dairy cow, <laughs> and they were so excited because they're like, "We're saved! We have milk. We can we can drink milk, and that will get us some protein." And I started yelling back at the TV, like, "She doesn't always have milk." A dairy cow only produces milk after having a calf, correct? That is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great conversation that comes up in the birthing barn too. How, um, you know, anatomy and uh, the physiology of a dairy cow and mm -hmm. that they, they're a mammal. So we often try to associate with other things that people are familiar with. Humans are mammals. Um, cows are mammals as well. So right, they are not producing milk until after they've had a calf. So we see that um, very literally in the birthing barn as cows are getting ready to give birth, they are, their udder starts to get swollen, they might be leaking some milk. That's because they're getting ready to have that calf. So again, a pregnancy is the only way a dairy cow <laughs> makes milk. <laughs> Correct. Need that pregnancy. Needs to be a female cow. Um, so we only have ladies in our birthing barn, unless of course a little bull calf is born and joins us, but lots of lady time in the birthing barn. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So can you address the, the question of why are calves taken away from mother cows? I know that is um, quite a concern among a lot of consumers and, and something they may not quite understand. So can you, can you give us a perspective on that, please? Sure, that is definitely a question that we see in the birthing barn. So our birthing barn, we are replicating exactly what happens on our partner dairy farm. So we work with the Grodegat Dairy Farm. They're just about three miles down the road and that's where all of our dairy cows come from. So we follow all of the protocols that they would be doing at the farm just at Farm Wisconsin inside what I call the fishbowl so you can see everything that's going on. So we really try to make sure we're mirroring exactly what happens on the farm so people that come and see they can feel like they are seeing the inside of a farm. We want to be really transparent about all of the procedures that we are doing. So one of those is after the calf is born we'll let mom clean off the baby for Half an hour, 45 minutes, you'll see mom kind of licking off all of that, for lack of a better term, slime and goo that comes out with the calf, <laughs> helping the calf slide out easily. So mom's cleaning up that calf, and then we do separate mom from baby. 
several reasons we're doing that. Mostly to ensure best individualized care for mom and calf. In order to care for those animals the best we can, we need to do so separately. That's because calves are born with very little immune system. They hardly have any antibodies ready to fight disease. So mom could be carrying a disease that is not affecting her. She's built up that immune system. It's not affecting her. That could quickly get passed to the calf. We, so we want to separate them for disease prevention. And what we're going to do then is we're going to milk mom. We are going to get that colostrum. That's that first milk that actually all mammals produce right after they give birth. That is loaded with immunoglobins and antibodies. That's how cows pass the majority of their immunity onto their calves. So we see in humans that we get immune transfer across the placenta, through the umbilical cord, different mammals pass immunity differently. We don't really see that in cows and calves. So in order to get that immunity from mom, to give that calf that best start to life as we can, we're going to milk mom and then feed that colostrum directly to the calf. If we were to leave mom and baby together, we don't know how much milk that calf drank, if any. We don't know the quality of the colostrum. Sometimes moms don't produce enough milk. Sometimes it's not high quality enough. So if we milk mom, we can check the quality, we can check the quantity, and make sure that we're getting one gallon of colostrum into that calf within one hour after birth to really make sure they have the best start to life. Are there any other questions that, you know, whether it be kids or even adults ask in this process? Because for so many people, it's just an experience they've never had before. Right. And like I said, we try to let people ask whatever they want to ask. Do they want to know how much a cow weighs? About 15, 1,600 pounds. Do they want to know um, how fast that calf is going to stand up after they just watched it um, be born and come into the world? And those calves are usually up and at them within one hour of birth. And so we try to talk about everything from cows, anatomy, what cows are eating, how much they're drinking, how we're caring for the cows. You know, right now it is cold in Wisconsin. We are in the winter, it's chilly. So we want to know how are farmers caring for their animals in the winter months. We run the gamut on questions we get asked in the birthing bar. Oh, fantastic. Well, after a full day of fun, you and the kids are probably worked up an appetite by this point, right? So one thing I really love about Farm Wisconsin is the opportunity to sink your teeth into some of those locally grown commodities that you were talking about earlier. You, you guys source a lot of local items for your cafe menu. We do, and like you mentioned, it's really a great chance to bring that farm to table experience full circle. You've just spent the morning, the afternoon, learning all about how food is traveling from field to fork, and you've had a chance to interact with some of our staff on site. And now you get a chance to go to the fork and try some of our Wisconsin commodities, Wisconsin products grown and raised right here in our state. And so our Wisconsin Cafe, we are super excited about. We have a rock star chef on staff who, like you said, is using a lot of local ingredients. We're using meat and especially lots of bacon, delicious, <laughs> from our uh, local meat market, Newton Meats, just down the road from us. They are, I don't know, a little arrow throw away a mile, two miles down the road, doesn't get more local and close than that. 
We're also sourcing some of our greens for our salad from an aquaponics farm wow. just a little bit south of us in Sheboygan. So we're really trying to be creative with where we're sourcing our products and then sampling those out in dishes for everyone to enjoy. So let's talk about aquaponics because I feel like that is a concept in agriculture that's really starting to develop and we're finding it in more places. So for our listeners, what is aquaponics and, and how do they grow grow food in water? Aquaponics is, yeah, one of the neatest systems that is used to grow food here in Wisconsin. And what it is, is it's growing plants and fish simultaneously. And they're working, um, cohabitating in order to double utilize nutrients. So we are growing vegetables and mostly like lettuce, those leafy greens is often what you're seeing. Um, some herbs, they can grow aquaponically. We're growing those and we're using nutrients from the fish water to uh, give nutrients to the plants. So we're just using the cycle, we're reusing that water over and over to um, feed the plants. The plants are then cleaning the water as they are utilizing it, and then it's being recycled back into the water that the fish need to grow. So we're growing fish and leafy greens all at the same time. It's a really fascinating way of growing food. I mean, I'm hooked. Like I need, I need to come to Farm Wisconsin <laughs> because there are just so many cool things to learn. And like I said, I have grown up in agriculture. My degrees in agricultural communications with animal sciences, and it's just having these conversations with you. I'm still learning things along the way too. So, how often do you guys change out your exhibits um, at Farm Wisconsin? Right, we are trying to always be conscious of what is in season or different commodities throughout the year. So we're looking at highlighting maple syrup in March and then June dairy month and then pumpkins in October. So every time you're seeing different commodities that are fresh in the supermarket because that's when they're being harvested, that's when we're talking about them. So we really try to have something different and engaging going on throughout the year and give people a chance to connect with those specific farmers. Like we said, there's a lot going on in Wisconsin agriculture and sometimes even we don't have the answers. So we bring in the experts. We bring in those master cheesemakers, that person down the road that's been growing peppers for 30 years. We are talking to the Wisconsin Beef Council. We're really bringing in experts for our visitors to be able to really connect with different commodities throughout our state. So obviously Farm Wisconsin's fairly new. You haven't been around super long, but where did this concept come from? How was this born? This is really a grassroots organization. There are a few agriculturalists here in Manitowoc County in Wisconsin that had this great idea to build a building and showcase Wisconsin's agriculture story. And they kind of got together around a kitchen table per se and started brainstorming. That was almost 10 years ago that that happened and those discussions early on started and eventually a board of directors was formed. They brought on helpful people in different areas and finance and fundraising and started building on this dream of, like I said, showcasing food's journey from farm to table. 
And then it was just over three years ago, July of 2018, that Farm Wisconsin officially opened. So we are a relatively new organization, but really remain that true grassroots. We still have many of the original board of directors believing in us that are still part of our organization. Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening are wondering, how can I come and visit? How can I bring my kids here to experience this hands-on learning time? What what can you what details can you share with us? We would love for anybody listening to come and learn. Like I said, if if you're in agriculture, if you're not, wherever you are on that spectrum, there's definitely something to be learned. And hopefully I've stressed enough that it is for all ages because uh, (laughs) there's something for everyone here. And we'd love for you to visit. You can always find our most current hours on our website farmwisconsin.org. They do change seasonally, so we are open a little bit more in the summer, a little bit less in the winter, but really try to be conscious of when those kiddos are off of school. So if you're looking for something to do on a day off with your student learners, we'll hopefully be open here at Farm Wisconsin for you to come check us out. Yeah, we'll have all that information linked down in the show notes. So it's super easy for all of you listening to be able to to look at those hours and find your tickets and all that kind of good stuff. But Abigail, I'm I'm just wondering how lucky are we in Wisconsin to have a resource like this? Is this something that's common around the country? We are very unique and uh, kind of somewhat of a trailblazer here in Wisconsin to have such a beautiful discovery center that really highlights agriculture in a very current, modern way. So we are talking about the now and the future. We give a little nod to our past here at Farm Wisconsin and look back on what it all took to get here, but we are talking about modern day agriculture and how your food is being grown and raised today and even in the future. So we're looking at the technology and the robotics and the artificial intelligence that is being used in today's modern agriculture world. So we have a really awesome opportunity here at Farm Wisconsin to come and learn about agriculture. And I I think it's so fitting in the beginning of your show, you say this is not your grandfather's way of farming. And it's not. Even we have a lot of people that grew up in agriculture and are now retired, but come back and are just amazed at all of the changes that have taken place in a relatively short amount of time. So we really try to highlight modern day agriculture. You know, something I've mentioned before in previous podcasts is if you look at my family specifically, my great grandfather walked behind a horse and plow. My grandfather got to experience you know, those first generation of tractors. Now my dad is using like GPS um, guided satellites and the tractors and machinery are basically driving themselves. So if you think about in just three generations, how quickly things have changed, it's incredible. It is. And like you said, we are highlighting those so self-driving tractors. We're highlighting in the birth egg barn, one of the favorite things, all of the cows from the Grodigates, they wear what we like to call a Fitbit. They are activity monitors for the dairy cows and all of that information about when the cow is laying down, when she's eating, when she's walking around is being sent right to the farmer's smartphone. So it's just amazing the amount of technology that farmers are able to use to help them be more efficient at managing their operations. 
Yeah, it's definitely not your grandfather's way of farming when (laughs) you hear that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, Abigail, our time is starting to run short, and I do want to offer this time for you to share any final thoughts with our listeners. I just want to highlight, like you said, how fortunate we are to live in Wisconsin and the diversity of agriculture that is here in our state. I am a big lover of our dairy cows and cheese and always will be, but there is so much to learn about different commodities that are grown and raised in Wisconsin. And uh, I'll be a little biased, but Farm Wisconsin is an awesome opportunity to learn about all things Wisconsin agriculture, and we'd love to have you come visit. Oh, you're listening to Abigail Martin, the program manager at the Farm Wisconsin Dairy Center located in the town of Newton, which is just outside of Manitowoc. Abigail, from all of us here at Inside the Bulls, I thank you so much for what you and your team are doing to educate kids and adults alike and give them that knowledge that they need to make the best decisions when it comes to buying products for their family. Thanks so much for having me. Well, after listening, I'm sure you want to start planning your trip to Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center, right? I know I do. So check out the show notes. We have the address, links to the website and social media, as well as how you can order your tickets. And don't forget to follow us on social media inside the bullseye, both on Instagram and Facebook. There you can see highlight videos from our podcast, informational nuggets that will help connect you back to the farm. And it's also a great way to ask your agricultural questions. We'll find the best expert to answer it and feature it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you like what you heard today, please share this episode with a friend. We hope to see you out at the Farm Wisconsin Discovery Center soon. so much for joining us. I hope after listening, you feel just a little more connected to the people and places that have made it possible for you to bring all of your favorite products into your home every day. Inside the Bullseye is available for download right now. Just click subscribe wherever you consume your favorite podcasts and catch a new episode featuring a new guest every Thursday. Don't forget, be sure to join the conversation as well. We'd love to hear from you. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Inside the Bullseye. You have questions, ask me. I'll get you the answer in a future episode. This episode of Inside the Bullseye wouldn't be possible without ABS Global. ABS is a bovine genetic company that's proud to partner with farmers in 70 countries all around the globe to produce nutritional animal proteins to feed the world. Thanks so much for joining us. In the meantime, be sure to thank a farmer.